It's three o'clock somewhere. Time for a My Mochi ice cream snack. My Mochi ice cream is cool, creamy scoops of premium ice cream wrapped in sweet, pillowy dough. And get this. All of My Mochi's fabulous flavors, like strawberry, mango, double chocolate, and cookies and cream, are only around 80 calories per piece. Talk about a guilt-free, indulgent experience. Each box of My Mochi ice cream has six perfectly portioned, gluten-free mochis that are great for grab-and-go. So feel good while curbing your afternoon cravings, or the midnight munchies, yeah, You know who you are with the joyfully chill sensation of My Mochi ice cream. Find My Mochi ice cream at Target or visit MyMochi.com to locate a grocery store near you. Special Delivery, the largest troop deployment in Washington since the Civil War. New insurrection video. How electronic earmuffs like these were used by the rioters to coordinate their assault. And busted. The suspect who threw a fire extinguisher at cops. Can you believe he's a retired firefighter? Plus, fall of the House of Trump. He's so miserable, I'm told, that people who are left in the West Wing are doing everything they can to stay away from him. Are Ivanka's dreams of becoming the first woman president dashed forever? She's made a lot of missteps. Then pandemic puppy shortage and the surge in dog napping. He punched me twice in the face and they took Chloe. And the wife found guilty of stabbing her husband 193 times as he was tied to the mattress. Just set free. Please stop. Have a heart. Plus, widows of COVID-19. How their heartbreak is bringing them together. Raise your hand if you were not able to say goodbye to your husband. Now, Inside Edition with Deborah Norville. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us. This is something we have not seen in America since the Civil War. Armed guards stationed at the United States Capitol, protecting not against foreign invaders, but against domestic terrorists loyal to outgoing President Donald Trump. In fact, there are more troops stationed in Washington than in Iraq and Afghanistan combined. Here's Amber Cagliano. Washington, D.C. is a city under siege today with 20,000 National Guard troops on the streets by Inauguration Day. Soldiers are camped inside the Capitol building for the first time since the Civil War. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi addressed a detachment in the shadow of the Capitol. Other members of Congress handed out pizza. Airbnb is canceling all Washington area bookings to ensure hate group members are not part of the Airbnb community. Former New York and L.A. Police Chief Bill Bratton. We are in a very critical time in our nation's history where we have to have 20,000 National Guard, 10,000 law enforcement uh, at the inauguration to maintain security. That's the same as we were after 9-11. For a period of time, we're going to have to be on extraordinarily high levels of alert. There are fast-breaking developments in the investigation, including the arrest of the suspect charged with tossing a fire extinguisher at cops during the riot. Robert Sanford was tracked down by his knit hat. It turns out CFD stands for Chester, Pennsylvania Fire Department. Yup, the suspect who threw the fire extinguisher is a retired fire 
firefighter. That's his name on the back of the hat. Disturbing claims that a handful of Republican lawmakers gave insurrectionists a dry run inside the Capitol the day before the riot are now under intense investigation. I spoke to Ohio Congressman Tim Ryan. Members of Congress knowingly gave tours to people who they knew might storm the Capitol? We have members of Congress who gave tours the day before uh, the event on January 6th with potentially people who were in the insurrection the next day. And we know that there was a, a decent knowledge of the Capitol buildings and certain rooms. If the member of Congress knew that, that there was going to be a move onto the Capitol and they were taking people around the Capitol to give them a preview, that would be a huge problem. Dramatic new video is also emerging. This man can be seen kicking in windows until he is overpowered by cops. This officer fled through a security gate and was hit by a chair. The mob marched down corridors, kicking at doors and threatening Nancy Pelosi. Many of the rioters were seen wearing these military-style electronic earmuffs. I got these at a sporting goods store for $50. They're designed to block out the sound of gunfire and explosions, but allow whoever's wearing them to hear radio transmissions. Despite fears of new violence, the inauguration will take place next Wednesday, and it has just been announced that Lady Gaga will sing the national anthem. Oh, say can you see? This was her stirring rendition at the Super Bowl in 2016, so we know she'll do a great job. The swearing-in ceremony will also feature a musical performance from Jennifer Lopez. Inside the White House, President Trump's circle of advisors reportedly is shrinking. In fact, the 45th president of the United States is said to be becoming more and more miserable and isolated. Bitter and alone, President Trump today is reportedly wallowing in self-pity, seething with fury as he watched TV coverage of his impeachment. The resolution is adopted without objection. The president is angry, he is frustrated, and he's a little frightened. Jonathan Carl is ABC News chief White House correspondent and author of Front Row at the Trump Show. He's facing this dire situation increasingly alone. Uh, I'm telling you, go to the White House right now. The West Wing is as empty as I have ever seen it. Many of his top advisors have already left. Those that are still there, uh, frankly, are often trying to avoid him. Trump is complaining that no one is out there defending him. His go-to defenders, like Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany, are silent. According to the Washington Post, they've had enough. People are just over it. People are just exhausted and disappointed and angry and ready for all this to be done. Trump is reportedly even falling out with Rudy Giuliani. The president is just enraged about Rudy Giuliani uh, demanding $20,000 a day and giving him some terrible legal advice and mounting some awful illegal offenses. According to the New York Times, Trump wanted to go to Congress and defend himself yesterday, but was talked out of it. Instead, he was encouraged to make this video address, appealing to his supporters not to riot again next week at Joe Biden's inauguration. There must be no violence, 
no law breaking and no vandalism of any kind. Senator Lindsey Graham is one of the few allies still publicly standing by Trump. What good comes from impeaching President Trump after he's out of office? That's an unconstitutional attack on the presidency. It will divide the country. It will incite violence. Also on Team Trump, controversial freshman Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, who refused to wear a mask as lawmakers sheltered from the rioters last week. She just announced she's going to move to impeach Joe Biden. So on January 21st, I will be filing articles of impeachment on Joe Biden. So much for national unity. Meantime, any thoughts Mr. Trump might have had about capitalizing on his time as president may be out the window. The Trump empire is losing partners and business relationships at a stunning rate. Here's Les Trent. Are we witnessing the fall of the House of Trump? The blowback coming the president's way since the riots has been nonstop. Impeachment for the second time. Kicked off social media. Twitter's decision to ban Donald Trump is ricocheting across the Internet. His hometown, New York City, moving to cancel its contracts with the Trump Organization to operate the Central Park Carousel and the Woman Skating Rink. The PGA bailing out of hosting the 2022 PGA Championship at the Trump Golf Course in Bedminster, New Jersey. One person told me that that hurts him the most, more than anything. To him, it was almost like the presidency. Washington Post national correspondent Mary Jordan is author of the Melania Trump biography, The Art of Her Deal. He is isolated, angry, and outright furious. The crisis is also threatening to unravel the prospects for Trump's children, especially Ivanka. God bless America. Who reportedly had dreams of one day becoming America's first female president. He told people that he was really running for president to show Ivanka how to do it. We're also learning that most of the Trumps appear to be following the president's lead and moving to the state of Florida. Ivanka and Jared are reportedly building a new home on Indian Creek Island in Miami. It's nicknamed the Billionaire's Bunker. We've also learned that Don Jr. and his girlfriend, Kimberly Guilfoyle, are looking for a place in Jupiter, Florida. Tiffany is said to be living at a five-star hotel in Miami. As for Melania... It's not a good look for her not to be extending um, the traditional niceties to the incoming first lady. Michelle Obama did it for her, and, and that was a pretty tough election. CNN's quoting a White House official saying the first lady is not sad to be leaving the White House, adding she's quietly been packing up her things since even before her husband publicly said Joe Biden would be the next president. Years ago, Charlie Brown said happiness is a warm puppy, and that has certainly been true during the pandemic. And while pet shops and shelters are being emptied thanks to adoptions, there's something else that's happening around the country, dog napping. Dog thefts are sweeping the USA. All of these dogs have recently been stolen as the demand for pet pooches during the pandemic is on the rise. Who can forget this dramatic footage of a woman clinging to the hood of a car as a dog napper tries to steal a puppy in Houston? In New York City, surveillance footage captured this dog thief making off with a dachshund named Luca who was waiting for her owner outside a market. In San Francisco, this woman's beloved French bulldog Chloe was stolen at gunpoint. I heard a voice, a man's voice behind me that said, give me your dog. And I turned around because I didn't know 
what that meant. And I saw he had a gun held up. Sarah Vorhaus's face is still bruised after being jumped by three goons outside her apartment at 5.45 p.m. while walking her dog. He punched me twice in the face and I, they ran off and they took Chloe. Surveillance footage shows the men run to a getaway car after the violent attack. Thinking about the violent people who attacked me, being in charge of Chloe's care is the hardest thing in the world. Oh, oh. There is one upside to the demand for more dogs during the pandemic. Here's Jim Murray. For month after month, this pandemic has kept many of us stuck at home. But as a result, it's enabled many shelter pets to find a home. At the Pasadena Humane Society in Los Angeles, cage after cage, once filled with forlorn dogs looking for a forever home, are now empty. This time last year, we're probably looking in the ballpark of 50 to 60 dogs that are available for adoption. And how about now? We have 18 dogs here, and about half of those are available for adoption right now. The other nine dogs are being screened and will soon be placed for adoption. He says they're actually having trouble keeping up with the demand. It's a weirdly good problem to have sometimes. That is a good problem. More than half of all American households do have dogs. It was a dramatic scene in court, a prosecutor reenacting a shocking crime, helping to prove that a wife was guilty of trying tying her husband to their bed and then stabbing him 193 times. Well, now that woman, Susan Wright, has been released. It was a shocking trial. A prosecutor with a knife dramatically reenacting a bloody murder to a stunned Houston courtroom. This is the woman on trial back in 2004, a one-time stripper named Susan Wright. She was convicted of stabbing her husband 193 times after tying him to their bed. But Wright is a free woman today after serving 16 years of a 25-year sentence for murder. She looks dramatically different than when she stood trial. Please don't do this to my family. Please stop. Have a heart, please. Is Susan Wright a monster? Absolutely not. Susan Wright was a victim. Susan Wright was the prototypical victim of domestic abuse. Show the jury the way the left wrist was tied. Wright's release has people remembering that stunning moment in the courtroom when the prosecutor straddled a colleague to show how Wright savagely stabbed her husband, who she says repeatedly abused her. The reenactment happened on the same blood-stained mattress. According to the prosecution, I covered the trial and got access to the house. Then dragged his body out the door and buried him in the backyard. The story was made into a lifetime movie, Blue-Eyed Butcher, depicting the grisly murder, how she buried him, and the remarkable courtroom reenactment. Do you think that her looks made her even more notorious in the public eye? I don't think there's any question about that. And I always believed on some level, less that one of the, the mistakes that the trial team made back in 2004 was not dressing her down. Wright is now living in the Houston area, but her notorious history follows her everywhere. I would just like privacy. Please respect that. I'm, I'm sure that y'all can understand, but don't do this to my family. Even if you do it to me, don't do this to them, please. She is going to continue to be on parole. She will wear an ankle monitor. She has to attend anger management. She has to obtain suitable employment. Susan Wright's two children are being raised by her late husband's family. Next, 
widows of COVID-19. How their heartbreak is bringing them together. Raise your hand if you were not able to say goodbye to your husband. And the CNN anchor in hot water over what he said about the congressman who lost his legs in war. Really, Jake? How about an apology for that? Inside Edition with Deborah Norville will be right back. These women are finding strength in their special bond. They're all widows after losing their husbands to COVID-19. All of these women have something in common. They're widows whose husbands died of COVID-19. It's really painful. It's unbearable. Pamela Addison's husband, Martin, was a speech pathologist and only 44 years old when he came down with the virus last April. One afternoon, he couldn't breathe, so Pamela called 911. As the paramedics took him down the stairs, I mouthed, I loved you. Um, and then I saw him get into the ambulance, and that was the last time I saw him. 26 days later, he passed away, and Pamela was left a single mom caring for their two young children on her own. I just really felt like no one was going to understand what I had gone through. As the pandemic raged on, she realized many women were dealing with the same heartbreak. So she created the Facebook group Young Widows and Widowers of COVID-19. Raise your hand if you were not able to say goodbye to your husband. Wow. Delia Ramos was not allowed in the hospital as her husband of 15 years battled for his life. He started feeling the symptoms on Father's Day, and by July 4th, they called me that morning that his heart had gave out. For Lori Guerra, the loss is still so fresh after her husband died only three weeks ago. My husband passed away on Christmas Eve, and... I guess everyone just tells me take it one day at a time. Even widows from around the world have joined, like Emma Charlesworth, who lives in the UK. It just goes to show that it, it doesn't matter where you are, we're all living this. It's a sisterhood no one wants to be part of, but these women are beyond grateful to have found each other. It's unfortunate that we're all in this like little club, but it's the best feeling to know that there's others that understand you. And sadly, the United States leads the world with deaths from COVID-19. When we come back, the CNN anchor under fire for what he said about a congressman who voted against impeachment. CNN anchor Jake Tapper is facing backlash today for a comment he made about a Republican congressman who voted against impeaching Mr. Trump a second time. Tapper questioned the patriotism of the Bronze Star Army veteran who'd lost both his legs during service in Afghanistan. CNN anchor Jake Tapper is facing a storm of criticism over what he said about a congressman who lost his legs fighting in Afghanistan. Congressman Brian Mast, mm -hmm. a Republican from Florida who lost his legs, by the way, fighting for democracy abroad, mm -hmm. although I don't know about his commitment to it here in the United States. Tapper leveled his criticism after Mast voted against impeaching Donald Trump. Mast appeared on Fox and Friends. He was questioning your commitment to democracy. How do you feel about that? My commitment to democracy to my country is, is unwavering. I love this place so much, it literally breaks my heart to see the divide that exists in it. I love our democracy. For all of our problems, there is no government that I would rather be a part of anywhere in this world. Sean Hannity also weighed in. Really, Jake? 
How about an apology for that? Tapper tweeted, you're a hero for your service and I'm grateful. And yes, I question the commitment to democracy of anyone who spread election lies. When we come back, a Girl Scout's adorable sales pitch. Finally today, a six-year-old little girl with a cookie sales pitch that no one can refuse. Hello, I'm Allie. Would you like to buy some Girl Scout cookies? What kind would you like? My favorite kind are the purple kind. What is yours? Well, you can buy them five dollars in each. So, would you like one? What two or three or four or five? For six or seven or eight or nine or ten? I don't know, maybe eleven, twelve. <laughs> With a pitch like that, she sold 200 boxes in 24 hours. We'll see you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Inside Edition ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com survey. In the climate-ravaged year of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven, a geoengineered paradise that protects fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. Demetria Lopez heads up Pura's public relations, tirelessly promoting the city's idyllic image. But when she stumbles upon a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she is willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Rhea Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. John Stewart is back at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition wherever you get your podcast.